Well, hello everyone and good morning and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We are going to get started. Um, while we allow people to jump on, including addressing any technical difficulties we're having at our church, uh, we're going to play some music for you, uh, and that's what we normally do. Uh, it's going to be Walk in the Light by Charles Pope, and you'll hear all kinds of voices singing, but he is the one who is leading this group. So uh, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you being here. Uh, of course, we are on location this morning for Sunday School, but we welcome you nonetheless, and we hope that you're going to have a great Sunday. Walk in the Light by Charles Pope. And the shirt that I'm wearing is a blue shirt. <laughs> it's a new one. <laughs> hey, Roscoe, good morning. <laughs> Thanks for being here this morning. Hope you got your coffee. I got my coffee this morning. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you being here this morning. <clears throat> Live stream Sunday School. On location. I knew you guys would get it worked out. Amen. Power of prayer is wonderful. <laughs> Amen. Tell them to check the background, too, if there's a question about that. You background, my background, yeah, because, okay. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. appreciate you being here. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Sunday school is so important today. Okay, that's Debbie Austin singing. It's all about the gospel. Sing at that speed at church <laughs> rather than singing uh, the normal speed we see. Let's do it real slow. <laughs> Feel every note. Hey, Greg, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate you. Hear that, Greg? Pass it on. If you're not leading, we'll sing this song next time we sing it. There's a speed right here. <laughs> Let Vic know. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
We appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Pearl and Walter, good morning. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Amen. Lisa, good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Debbie Austin singing, Charles Pope directing, Walk in the Light, amen. Great, great song to start us off for our Sunday school today, and we appreciate you being here. Of course, um, uh, we are on location uh, broadcasting from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina uh, for this go-around. We are uh, glad to be back here at the Hampton Inn, great hosts as always, and uh, the weather has been phenomenal. We are very happy about that. We've got a little bit of um, a mist going on right now. It's uh, cloudy in the morning because we had some rain last night. And I understand that you guys had a lot of wind and rain over the last 24 hours yourselves. But uh, hopefully everybody's doing okay as far as that's concerned because I know there were power outages and all that fun stuff that you have to deal with. But uh, we didn't have anything like that. But uh, we appreciate you nonetheless being here this morning. And we're going to get now into the mindset of getting ready for Sunday school. I want to make the usual announcements that I make uh, ahead of time here. Uh, we will have, um, for those of you who are not coming to church today, please stay tuned online for the live feed of our service. We will have a live feed uh, available on the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline. And we have a guest speaker this morning um, from Stowe Alliance who's coming in to speak. And we appreciate you giving him your full attention and and making sure that you're letting him know that he's appreciated as well, too, for filling in. We have, we um, always want to just keep praying and continue to pray for Pastor Gus for his ongoing recovery. And we just uh, appreciate uh, the, the folks at Stowe Alliance for, for being available to help out uh, this morning. But stay tuned for the live feed, which will be available about 11 o'clock here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We mentioned this and we've been mentioning this every time because... We can't assume that everybody is coming to church, but you're so certainly welcome if you're a part of our church to participate in the worship through giving. And we recommend that you pray about it as always uh, as far as what you want to give. And we uh, ask that you mail your tithes and offerings if you are uh, not able to come to church to drop them off. Uh, the mailing address is Akron Alliance Fellowship 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio 44320. And we appreciate you giving that prayerful consideration as always, and we thank you for doing so. With that in mind, here we are. Let's go ahead and get started with another edition of Sunday School. This is going to be a very, very succinct uh, group of passages that we're looking at, but the content is loaded. And as always, we <laughs> want to make sure that we recognize when God is speaking to us, we need to be paying very close attention. And this is one of those opportunities for us to recognize that we don't have to be biblical scholars. We don't need to be um, uh, anyone other than who we are uh, before the Lord and make sure that we understand uh, the words that he is speaking to us about as far as what our role is within the body of Christ. And for those individuals who are not believers, to listen very carefully to what's being said here uh, about the importance of not being spiritually blind. And we'll go into that with more detail here today. So we're going to be covering in the book of John, uh, chapter 9, verses 35 through 41. That is the uh, passage that we're going to be looking at today. Uh, John, chapter 9, verses 35 through 41. And we want to make sure that we're looking at 
the continuing saga here, and we look in chapter nine, as we look in chapter nine of the man who was born blind at birth, and he is now finally going to come back and see Jesus uh, face to face. Because if you recall, uh, for those of you who were with us the last couple of weeks, he did not see Jesus. He just merely was obedient to Jesus and went down and washed his eyes um, in the pool of Siloam so that he could see. And so at that point, Jesus was not there with him. And then he had the encounter with the religious leaders. And John makes it a point to make sure that we see these encounters and know about these encounters with the religious leaders and recognize that a lot of what we're seeing here is conflict that we're going to be facing in this world that we're in, which is a fallen world, a fallen world that hates Jesus. Plain and simple, hates Jesus, does not want to have uh, fellowship with him, but yet his word prevails and reaches even those people who we would deem to be completely lost and would never even think that uh, those individuals ever come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and yet he does it, and he does it all the time. And he does it with surprises, frankly, as we go along. But we're going to go ahead and get into the passage now and read it. <clears throat> I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and it's John chapter 9, verses 35 through 41. But we're going to pray, because I don't want to forget about prayer. <laughs> That's pretty important right now, amen. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for being present in our lives. Thank you for teaching us, <clears throat> continually teaching us, no matter how long or how often we are in the Word, no matter whether or not we're in the Word actively, um, whether we're working or not working, whether we're retired or whatever it is, you still teach us as we become more acquainted with your Word. Even if we read things repeatedly or over and over again you still teach us and we just thank you for that we thank you for what you're doing in our lives to show yourselves to us more and more and encourage us more and more we thank you for your presence we thank you lord for helping us to even work out the technical difficulties this morning before uh, we got on the air and we thank you for doing everything like that to make sure that we overcome the wiles of satan he indeed does not want us to proclaim your good news but we thank you that you indeed prevail in all these things bless us and keep us now lord we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name amen all right everyone turn your bibles and electronic devices to john chapter 9 we're looking at verses 35 through 41 john chapter 9 35 through 41 the main theme of this particular passage uh, is about jesus teaching about spiritual blindness and we're going to go over some information about spiritual blindness during this passage as well, too. Some things that I thought were very interesting um, when we look at what spiritual blindness represents, <clears throat> excuse me, what it means for those, even the religious leaders who claim to be uh, the ones who were in tune and really knew what was happening and were followers of God. We're going to find that they really weren't followers of God, and that's the really, really troubling thing about sometimes people who proclaim to be religious leaders. Thank you so much. We, um, <clears throat> we don't really quite understand um, how it is that people can get before others and say that they follow God, but yet they live in a manner that is exactly opposite of that. And that is something to be considered. So let's start with the passage. John chapter 9 verse 35 and we're going to look at uh, all the way to verse 41 verse 35 when jesus heard what had happened he found the man the man that was the, the man who was born blind and asked do you believe in the son of man the man answered who is he sir i want to believe in him you have seen him jesus said and he is speaking to you Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. Verse 39, then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Verse 40, some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. 
but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Okay. Now this is uh, that's John chapter nine verses thirty-five through forty-one, and I forgot to give context as to where we were in this passage, but this is right after the formerly blind man, the healed man, uh, had this encounter with the Pharisees a second time, and they had questioned him, and the formerly blind man was questioning them, saying, "You already know, don't you? You already have seen what has happened. Why do you keep asking me?" And he was sharing wisdom, honestly, to those uh, Pharisees who truly were spiritually blind and were not having great understanding as to what was happening. But they were in denial because they knew exactly what was happening. They knew that Jesus was the one responsible for healing this blind man. They tried to make excuses, saying, well, he did so on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do anything like that on the Sabbath, which was nonsense. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, they were caught. And they were in a pickle and they were in a dilemma where they either had to acknowledge the truth or deny it. And that's exactly what leads into our discussion today about spiritual blindness, because that's what we're talking about here. So back to verse 35. And this is when the blind man meets Jesus for the first time or the second time, actually. But now he's going to see him face to face because Jesus had heard about the formerly blind man being kicked out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. Now, we have the perspective of seeing this formerly blind man with the the growth and development of his faith as he went along here uh, throughout this chapter. And he not only gained physical sight, of course, but spiritual sight. Spiritual sight is a very important thing to consider here, too. Um, And that would be whether he was blind or not, blind physically or not. Um, He recognized Jesus initially as a prophet. If you go back to verse 17 in this chapter, that's what he said. And you look at the progression of his faith as he went. And then you begin to see Christ differently when you turn to him and recognize him for who he is. That's exactly what I was referring to earlier. Jesus is still teaching us. He is continually teaching us even though we have a relationship with him. We're not staying in the same place we were before. We're in fact growing. I I can guarantee you when I first became a believer at 26 years old, the way I saw Jesus back then is way different uh, than I see him now. There has been much more growth and progression, and I would trust that that's the same for you because that's what should be happening. The longer you're going to walk with Jesus, the more you're going to understand him. You're going to keep growing. Um, there's a passage. Go to Second Peter 3.18 real quick. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. There should be a growth that's taking place in your life and it should be always continuing. Second Peter 3.18. Uh, I'll be reading this from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which will be like a lot of your versions um, as far as the wording is concerned. And understand that the temptation in this world today, which is what's being alluded to here in verse 17 of Second Peter, is that you can be led astray or sent in a different direction because you're following those of this world the way they live, thinking that hey, they're popular, they're doing all these great things or, uh, but that's just deceit you're just being deceived by, by Satan he wants you to be follow a different path than what you're following right now following Jesus so verse 18 in Second Peter chapter 3 says but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep trusting him always. Keep trusting him, and not just in the big things, but the little things. Trust him in every area of your life. That is what we should be doing as believers. That is what we should be, how we should be living. And understand that that is what, exactly what the formerly blind man was doing. These, this man's experiences over time, as he was even being questioned, 
in between the interlude when the, the Pharisees questioned his parents, the religious leaders, um, he just kept growing in faith and believing that this man now was a prophet, but now more than a prophet, much more than that, because he was being obedient to God. He was being obedient to um, what Jesus was being obedient to the Father and living in that manner, and, the, and this man gave him credit for being obedient to the Lord. He wasn't sinning, um, and he had all this great information, right, about what was going on. So with Jesus and why he was being healed. And the Pharisees didn't like it one bit, did not like any part of it, didn't want to hear about it. Um, but at the end of the day, that's exactly what was taking place. And spiritual blindness is now going to come into the picture here. And that is what Jesus is going to be talking about. Look at verse 39. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment. Render judgment to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Now, of course, Jesus is using um, words here that apply in both areas, physical blindness and being a healer. He is a great physician. Amen. He is a healer. He has shown that. He has shown that in our lives. He has healed many of us um, from ailments, and he continues to show himself in that manner. But he also, and even more importantly, I want to point out, too, because sometimes we need to see physical evidence of Jesus working in our lives, but sometimes God reveals things to us to remove our spiritual blindness. And that's what he's talking about here, giving sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. He is giving, here is a warning that's taking place, everybody. There's a warning here within this passage. We won't get to the Pharisees' response yet because I want you to know about the importance of recognizing spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is very dangerous. Spiritual blindness implies a number of things that, first of all, it implies that a person is not a believer in Jesus Christ. Even those who say they follow Jesus, spiritual blindness is essentially tied to those individuals who do not follow Jesus, do not believe in Jesus. They know who he is, but they don't believe in him as Lord and Savior of their life. Those who are, Here's something that I found in my doing some brief research about spiritual blindness. And this was a, a, a note that came from, I always try to source where I get things from so people can know that it's not just being pulled from midair. Uh, the Guardian Nigeria News, you know, listen, we have a gospel that's worldwide, and there are people all over the world that are making reference to what Jesus has done, his capabilities, and what he can do. But here's a, a comment. Those who are spiritually blind, now check this out, can't detect when the devil and his demons will gain entry into their lives. When they gain access, humans are bound to act abnormally and irrationally because the devil and his angels are now in charge of their lives. Do you hear that? That is essentially what Jesus is talking about when it comes to the Pharisees. Who's in charge? Remember, who did Jesus say the father of these people were? The devil. Their father was the devil. They were not following Abraham. They were not following Moses. They claimed that they were doing so. We're children of Abraham. We're children of Moses. No, they weren't. They were following Satan. They were following the devil. And this comment struck me because there is scriptural reference to this. We've got to understand something about those who pretend to follow Jesus and are actually living for Satan. We got to remember that if you look at this, we make sure we need to make sure that we as believers are always calling for God's wisdom. Always looking for his wisdom. Turn to Psalm 119 real quick. This isn't quite out of order, but I wanted to cover this before I got to the other part about this thing about Satan and the demons. And how we need to really recognize that this is a very serious thing. This is serious business that we're referring to. Um, Psalm 119, verse 18. 
when we seek the Lord, and of course this is a psalm, it says in verse 18 of Psalm 119, open my eyes. Look at that. Open my eyes. Let's start with that, right? So that I may see wonderful things in your law. You have to be a willing participant to look at look at what Jesus is teaching you through here. He wants you to see all the wonderful things about his law. The first thing that most people think about when they talk about God's law or the words of the Bible are that they're too restrictive. They're too hindering. Well, as far as what is concerned, your flesh, what you would like to do, what you would rather do. Um, people don't realize and people need to realize that God's word is good for us. It is a healing word. It is a word that is a teaching word. It is a word that gives us uh, frankly, what we need to be able to function in a world of opposition like what we're facing. And what happens is that if we don't do these things, if we aren't seeking the Lord for what we need to do here, we are, are at risk of now dealing with those things. If we don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit, then we have to recognize that there's, you're going to choose sides here. You're either going to be on the side of Satan or Jesus. And the reason why I say that there's a, a real pause we need to have about this thing about spiritual blindness. Remember that Satan entered Judas. He was the one that Jesus said that was not following him. He was the one who was uh, not really sincere about his walk of faith at all because there was no walk of faith. He was stealing. We already know that from the treasury, the collections that were made. And there are two passages that refer to Satan entering Jesus. Go to Luke chapter 22, verse 3. Have to point this out because we need to make sure that we recognize that spiritual blindness is a very dangerous thing. Luke 22, verse 3. And there's two references to it here in the Gospels. And there, it's mentioned differently. But let's look at it. Let's start with verse 1. Luke 22, verse 1. And the heading in my Bible, that's okay. The heading in my Bible is the festival of unleavened bread. Um, the plot to kill Jesus was mentioned here. The festival, the festival of unleavened bread, which is called Passover, was drawing near. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put him to death because they were afraid of the people. And, of course, Satan knew that too. So look at what it says in verse 3. Then Satan entered Judas called Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. Uh, and he went away and discussed with the chief priests and temple police how he could hand how he could hand him over to them. And we'll stop there with that. Now I also want you to flip over to John chapter thirteen. This is a passage we haven't come to yet in our study in the book of John, but this will be very very specific as to as far as when specifically Satan uh, entered Judas. John chapter 13, verse 27 is the passage, but let's start with verse 26, because the question was going on about who is going to be the one who to betray Jesus. And we'll start with verse 26 in John chapter 13. Um, Jesus replied, he is the one I give the piece of bread to after I have dipped it. When he had dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas. Simon Iscariot's son, after Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Therefore, Jesus told him, what you are doing, do quickly. Now, notice how nobody else really was hip to what was going on uh, other than Ju Judas and Jesus in this particular conversation. Jesus was fully aware of what was happening, and Jesus knew that Satan would have a picture in this, and that's exactly what had taken place. But this is the result of a person who deliberately is blind spiritually. He has, unfortunately, a G a Satan or Judas allowed, because of his unbelief, because he chose not to believe, guess what he did? He gave the devil and his demons access and allowed him to be possessed. Now, if you recall, if you fast forward this ahead, Judas... After Jesus had been uh, sent for crucifixion and he was now trying to go back to the religious leaders and saying, 
I've betrayed an innocent man. And the religious leader says, that's your problem. That's not our problem. And he tried to drop off the 30 pieces, but he had so much remorse and regret for what he had done. This is after Satan had essentially done the work through him. Uh, he went and hanged himself. You have to understand that uh, Satan, people who think that they're going to have a party with Satan or enjoy going to hell because they're going to be sitting around with him and having a good time, Satan is a destroyer. He destroys people. He does not um, relish uh, partying with you. He will use you if you allow yourself to be used by him to be very destructive and you will also destroy yourself. And so we need to understand that that is the reason why he will destroy you is because you're a child of God. You are supposed to be a child of God. You are supposed to be following Jesus. And that's the one one thing that he can do to hamper or hinder you and your relationship with the Lord and destroy his creation. So that's the thing we have to come back to and look at here. Spiritual blindness is a very, very serious thing. It is a very serious issue. And it's a reminder over and over again that we must, must pray for people that we know uh, who do not have a relationship with Jesus. Um, I'm not going to go as far and say is that these people are possessed by the devil or demons or anything like that. I'm not going there. But I am saying that based upon everything that we're looking at here, what happens, and we even see evidence of this in Scripture, you are subjecting yourself to the reality that Satan will use you or demons or demonic possession will take place. You better believe that... Um, Something I saw the other day I thought was very interesting. Um, those of you who are in pop culture know about Black China, And um, she uh, apparently, uh, of course, she was a stripper, did all kinds of things that were very worldly. Um, she acknowledged that she was possessed by demons. She became a believer. And you have to understand that once you become a believer, there's no room for demons to be in your body. And and so she believes that she was con she was converted by Jesus and that uh, whatever demonic possession that was dealing with her and making her do the things that she was doing, those those demons had to go. They could not stay. The Holy Spirit is the protection that we have as believers to recognize that we indeed, um, if we're following Jesus, we cannot be overcome by Satan with or with any kind of a demonic possession. And we have to recognize that it's not too late until it's too late for those people who decide to make a choice about how they want to live. And I think a lot of people, even as they are living in a wrong manner, they have to know that there is destruction taking place with their very souls when they aren't following Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit has to speak to those people individually and tell them, this is not the way to go. You have to make a choice. You've got to make a decision. And the real thing that we want to look at here, let's go back to our passage in John chapter 9. And we were at left off at, I'll read verse 39 again leading into verse 40. Then Jesus told him, telling the, the formerly blind man who was now healed, I entered this world to render judgment to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. So he's showing people who they are. Jesus is the great revealer of who people are. And Jesus was trying to show people who they were based upon their behaviors. And remember, Jesus knows the hearts of every single person. He knows what's going on in their hearts we can't see within the hearts of other people, but Jesus can. He knows exactly what we're about based upon where, based upon our actions, but he already knows about what our actions are. He knows who we are. So look at verse 40 in John chapter 9. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him. They were listening to the conversation. <laughs> they heard what was being said and asked, are you saying we're blind? Because now <laughs> there is an accusation that's taking place. And remember, these are Pharisees, right? Religious leaders, people who were supposed to be in charge, who knew the word, who knew what the word was, and they still didn't follow it. 
Verse 41, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Now look at that passage really closely. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. And that even means the fact that it's there's an innocence involved with people who don't know the Lord, right? But as time goes along, you have a choice to make. And you have a choice on how you want to live. And I believe the Spirit speaks to us at all times uh, about, especially those who don't know the Lord, right? Who, who They need to make a decision about who to follow. God shows the evidence of who he is all around us by nature, by the very presence of the things that we are exposed to. He shows himself to us. But you have to decide where these things are coming from. He says you remain guilty because you claim you can see. So there's a knowledge now that has to be implied here. The spiritual leaders here knew what the truth was, but they chose not to follow it. So that is something where we need to go back, like I said before, and always make sure we're seeking wisdom, seeking, seeking truth. And, you know, the, the, the formerly blind man, his faith was strengthened as he continued to learn and, and, and process more about who this Jesus was that healed him. A man who had never seen before, never physically saw anything, now could see. A whole new world was opening up for him physically and spiritually because Jesus was working through this man. Jesus was using this man to show how his thinking was being clarified. He now was had a, a, a reckoning with who this Jesus was, the Son of God. And of course, that's what we have to recognize here. Those who seek Jesus will receive Jesus. Those who will look towards Jesus will recognize his presence. And you just have to say, I want to believe. And and I love how Jesus responds to this formerly blind man. You have seen him and he's speaking to you. Amen. He you you know when Jesus is working in your life. He believes in him, he worships him. It's the greatest instance of faith we have. The word of God tells us exactly what we need to do to believe in Jesus. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Father being God himself. We don't have access to God unless we go through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord. And so spiritual blindness begins with those who are sinners, of course. We were lost. We were born in a lost condition. We need to recognize that we have a lost condition because many of us in our early days, in our early ages, didn't recognize we were lost. Amen? Before I was 26 years old, uh, I didn't know I was lost. I had to learn over time that I was in a lost state of being. But you, you have to decide what you want to do with that. You have to decide what you want to do to come out of that. And so it just comes down to believing that Jesus is Lord and you're going to worship him. And Jesus, in fact, is saying he is here to render judgment. He is here to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think that they can see are actually blind. Um, and this is where Jesus is showing us now that we have a choice and now we need to have spiritual discernment. Making a decision based upon what we see as evidence of Jesus. Remember, a lot of this comes from what? Faith, doesn't it? It comes from faith. But we have to come back to the fact that um, he provides us this spiritual discernment. He gives us spiritual insight. Turn to 1 Corinthians. Let's look at this passage here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Let's start with verse 12. And we recognize that God has had to reveal things to us through who? The Holy Spirit. 
as we went through life, before we became believers, God was revealing things to us. I'm saying us for those of us who recognize who Jesus is. He had revealed things to us over a, a period of time, may have been long, may have been short, really don't know, it, everybody's different. But he had to reveal things to us. So look what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. And this is now for the believer. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, because there is a spirit of the world, amen? But the spirit who is from God, in order to know what has been freely given to us by God. Early on, I guess we're in a competition, aren't we? The competition being the spirit of the world, those the way that we were living in the world before we became believers, and the spirit of God who shows us there's something much different and much better. But we have to decide that we want that. So let's continue in the passage. Verse 13, we also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. There's a lot of human wisdom out there. There's a lot of things that people will say thinking that they know what they're talking about, and there's a lot of things that follow a human reasoning and logic, but a lot of those things may be rooted in sin. But now we have spiritual discernment because we can speak, speak those things taught by the Spirit and help people in our even speaking to them about the gospel. And then verse 14, but the natural man, that's the passage I was going to get to, the natural man does not welcome what comes from God's spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to know it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything. Yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone for who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives us the mind, the thought process to have a presence to recognize his, that he, what he's doing in our lives. And now, let's look at what's really, really important for us as believers too. We are not spiritually blind. We have what we need because we believe and trust in Jesus, but the people that we speak to um, who don't know the Lord are spiritually blind. And we recognize that those people are lost. And we recognize the consequences for those who stay lost. The things that can happen that can destroy them because they choose not to follow Jesus. And so we have to have this darkness in these men or these people, these women, men, whatever, they are in darkness. They are the heathen that are lost. But the Lord, I believe, speaks to everyone. He desires that everyone comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus. So we recognize that we have choices to make. Hey, Black China had to make a choice. All those people who were working in Hollywood, working in, I believe, in a demonic state, a demonic industry in many ways, they have to make a choice. They have to decide where they want to live and where they want to go. And people need to repent and turn from their sin and recognize that Jesus is Lord. And it's like a burden is lifted from those individuals who are so long living in such a manner of the world, living for the world, living for other people who encourage them to live in the world, living in such a manner where they were not honoring God, there's a burden that's lifted when they truly recognize Jesus loves them but wants them to live in such a manner where you are honoring him and not honoring the world or glorifying Satan. Um. Take a look at Matthew 6. A few more passages today than normal, but that's good. Matthew 6. I hope that what we're, what we're covering here today really gives you a desire to really 
think about those individuals that you know in your life who don't know Jesus. They need your constant prayers. I think I've said this every single week for the last umpteen weeks. So we want to recognize that I'm in the wrong chapter. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse... Let's start verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? And that might be the Pharisees talking here. Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. You've got to understand that there's responsibility that comes with knowing who Jesus is. There's a responsibility that we have to do the will of our Father in heaven. What is his will for every person that he ever created to be saved? So that's why we have the international workers out there in the field doing their thing. That's why we have people locally who are uh, working in soup kitchens, whatever it is, going to prisons. We have people who are out there for the sake of the gospel. It was Matthew chapter 6, verses 21 through 23. And of course, that's Jesus speaking uh, at the time about those individuals right prior to the millennial reign uh, of Christ. That's where that's being pulled from. But it applies to all of us. Because at the end of the day, though God's will has not changed. It's the same. It's exactly the same as it was and will be uh, even at that time before the millennium uh, strikes. People need to recognize that it's our responsibility as believers. No matter how shy you are, no matter how um, you feel that you can't do it, well, you're not praying enough for God to help you to do it. I mean, he can enable you to do anything. And we have to understand something here, too. If God is out there trying to save, let's just say it, the most depraved people that you've ever known, that's his will. He's going to accomplish his will for those who are willing to listen to him. And he's going to keep doing that, but it's up to us to make sure we're doing what we are charged to do in our faith, in believing in our faith, that we are the lights that reflect off of Jesus to those who need to hear it. And it's a terrible thing to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's what the Pharisees were saying. That's what he was saying to the Pharisees. Are you saying we're blind? Back to verse 41 in John chapter 9. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty. Because you claim you can see. You claim you can see, but you can't see anything. And that is what we have to recognize here. We started out with a blind man who was healed so he could see both physically and spiritually. We end with religious rulers who were terribly, tragically blind, yet who thought they could see. In the presence of Christ, in the presence of the light, in the presence of the revelation of God, they said they had no sin. They lied. They lied. What does it say? And John says it himself uh, later on in 1 John. I believe it's in 1 John. Uh, those who say they have no sin, they're liars. 1 John 4, 8, maybe. We'll take a look at that and go look at Well, let's take a look. Let's try it. Let me see if I'm right. I might be right. I might be right. <laughs> First John. As we're running running low on time here. Let's see if I got that right. Well, I almost got it right. But I know that there's something about, he, he does mention in one of the passages, it might be Second John, but in First John 4, 8, the one who does not love God, the one who's not loved does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. 
And so we have to understand that we indeed need to recognize the love of God in our lives and live for him. But he does mention another passage that those who say they don't sin are lying. And that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They had the knowledge to make a decision to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or not believe in him. So that's what we need to take away from here too and recognize that they're blind. I pray that if you are listening to this right now and looking at this, those of you who are not part of our church and just happen to be online with us, that you recognize that there's no other way to go other than recognize that we need Jesus in our lives. Jesus is who you need in your life. Jesus is who you need to recognize his truth, to hear his truth, to hear him speak to you. And by denying him, you're running a grave risk that you can be carried away by the cares of this world. You might be giving access to Satan and his demons in your life. And some of the behaviors we see out there today, honestly, they're, a lot of us, demonically possess, demonic possession is all part of that. That's true for everybody. So we have to recognize that we have a responsibility as believers to continue to speak the truth. Speak the truth and let the Spirit do the rest. Amen? And I pray that you can see how as we stay focused on Jesus Christ, he's going to teach us as we go along. In the same manner that the spiritually blind man, um, the blind man, excuse me, who was healed by Jesus, was healed spiritually, he continued to grow. And may our faith grow in the same manner as we remain in fellowship with him. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for today that you have shown us your truth and your teaching. And Lord, it's a very serious teaching. We covered a very brief number of passages, but boy, the, the content here about spiritual blindness, it's very striking how many people are faced with a dilemma and a choice about where they need to go. And some people will choose to not follow you, make a conscious decision to not follow you. Lord, I pray that you intervene in the lives of those individuals right now, that you speak to them and show them that they're headed for destruction without you. Lord, teach them, encourage them to come back to you, encourage them to have fellowship with you. Lord, speak to them that they might be saved. We thank you. And give us the hearts and minds to remember for those individuals we know who don't know you, that we have hearts for them, that we want to see them get saved too. Bless us and keep us, Lord, as we go. Protect us. Remind us that wherever Satan is, and if he is uh, in any way trying to uh, infringe upon us, if we just trust in you and trust in your word and just remember your word and speak out your word, Satan has to flee. We thank you for that promise in scripture. Bless us and keep us, Lord, this day and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for hanging with me there. Went a little over time. Sorry about that. But we appreciate you being here for another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Stay tuned online in our timeline. Oh, in about 40 minutes or so for the live edition of church. And we appreciate you being here. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back in next week. Same time, same channel. Take care of yourselves. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time.